Hello, David. Michael, we're What's up? Uh, we're very timely. We're we're reacting to the hot news, the succession finale. <laughs> you love a you love a post event follow up. If it's what? the Oscars, you want to be right what? right on top of it. Post Super Bowl. I'm so out of time in most of the things I do that it's when I finally am part of some cultural moment, I do like to uh, participate. So um, when the, the monoculture strikes, we have to react, David. Exactly. When <laughs> uh, And hey, Minnesota pride, Wamsgans. Ascending. <laughs> the, the pride of St. Paul. The, the fact that he's from St. Paul is like another one of 8,000 low-key hysterical things. Like they made it very clear that that's where he's from. It just <laughs> kills me. The disrespect. I think they wanted, you know, the more I think about Tom and I actually predicted before the finale to my wife that Wamscams was going to be the guy (laughs) and it came true. I'm surprised. First time I've ever like predicted anything, but he's just like such a bland corporate face, you know, and that's like what that's what they needed. And he kind of, I don't know, he kind of like got them at their own game a little bit. It's so funny if I actually look at his name written down, which you don't really see it, you'd rarely see a word that has M, B, S, and G. So four consonants consecutively. It's like, though apparently he's possibly based on a baseball player who did an unassisted triple play in the World Series. Is that true? Yeah, 100 years ago or something, which is <laughs> odd for English people to know. But anyway, just overall, what do you think? What do you think of the the last show? Um, I... Yeah, I mean, I think the beauty of Succession for me was the the sort of it was very layered uh, Mm. and there was a lot of nuance. And I would say it's probably I don't know if this is like a modern development. I'll get I'll answer your question. Just give me one sec. I'll get get there. But it's the first show that I've ever watched where. I feel like I'll watch it, listen to a podcast about it, and then watch it again and really like start to discover more. And now if you I think if I went back sort of eager to go back and rewatch it and to know sort of the the connections of a lot of these things, but it was mm-hmm. just very layered. So I think it was I think the ending was good. I mean, it would have been nice to have kept going um, <laughs> or this season like felt like the most. Um, compelling to me versus the other seasons where it was kind of about like going places and helicopters and Mm -hmm. um, you know, but there's always just been this like corporate infighting. I mean, I just just can't tell you how much I dislike corporate, the corporate program. (laughs) It didn't (laughs) make you want to join the C-suite. It didn't change your life. (laughs) Oh my God. But um, I think the finale is good. I mean, they kind of went out like on top, which is a good way to do it. And there's a lot of expectations around these things, but they did actually like, you know, sort of live up to the the original idea of the show, which was like mm. the succession plan, mm-hmm. right, of the business. And it actually like they did what they said they were going to do. Yeah, I, that's well said. I, I totally agree. I think the a finale is so hard because you, you're pulling together two disparate things. One is the actual, the plot of that season that needs to be resolved. And then you're kind of making an overall statement about the whole show and what the values were, what the themes of the show were. And those two things rarely mm-hmm. intersect in mm-hmm. the same place. And I think they did such a good job of what felt like, um, you know, how the, this season was going to play out, but then also what the whole show is about and themes about Kendall and family and, and what their, the legacy of, of Logan was and how they were left with both 
everything in the sense of money, but nothing in the sense of sort of family love or the company that they wanted to have. So I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And um, and even the way that you're saying it felt a little too soon, I think it's better because usually these shows go on one season too long yeah, yeah. and then they kind of inflate. And like I liked the fact that it had this inevitability to it and that I wanted more. And I think it's always better to to want more. Yeah. And um, I, I was I was very impressed. I mean, I think it's it de definitely if you compare it to, and I know it's hard to do that and every show is different, but especially like the Sopranos finale and even just going back, I kind of have the same feeling every time I watch that, which is like, this is kind of just a bullshit, like <laughs> weird, like they just kind of left it wide open in a way. And you kind of, even if, you know, like I, I, I was hoping Kendall was going to get the company, you know, all along. Like, I always liked Kendall because he's like kind of an idiot um but like it felt it felt right and then for tom to get it i was like oh i was kind of disappointed but there's like some closure to it so it's like it's actually they made a statement and picked a lane and went with it so in that sense like and then if you think about it my wife was like you know i think my, my wife was like shiv saw that tom is like kind of one of the, or he you know he's like them or whatever um which i think is you know there's a lot there there's just like so much going on with the oh. show well, I think what they did that was was really brilliant and really hard to do is that everybody found the kind of correct place for themselves. And that's the tragedy of it. Like Tom got what he thought he wanted, and he's just going to have to do what Matson wants him to do and absorb. You know, I'm, I'm sure it will be awful, but that's he's already sold his soul. So it made perfect sense. Like it wasn't as if he won. He got like everybody who got what they thought they wanted any time in the show. It proved to be illusory mm -hmm. or um, mm -hmm. and, and in a weird way, Logan was the only one who was honest enough to understand that and no one else kind of did. Um, and so it, and then the people like, it is strange how you root for these characters because they are like demonstrably idiotic in some way, or they all have their idiotic in their own way, very specific to each one of them, but you could never say that they, that even Kendall, like what, why Kendall wanted it was for reasons other than, you know, just for his own validation wanting to run the companies. So it, it um it was incredibly powerful i felt to see him by the water again he's always had these themes of water and then, mm -hmm. but then followed by his dad's bodyguard and um it was a little bit godfather 2 michael looking out on the lake but i i loved it and i felt i felt for them but it all felt inevitable and correct i i was i was mm -hmm. i was moved and and, and i can't believe how much i care about these <laughs> you know or, or even or or the things they do to each other which is is as upsetting but also made sense too like their strange physical arguments or the evil things they say to each other and i just i mean i've gotten in some arguments with my sister <laughs> not not in a long time but not even like we're like flipping pebbles and they're using a catapult or something. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I mean, you, you know, the, these arguments all feel like really propelled by like the family trauma that mm -hmm. they've all had. And, you know, Connor's had like all the weird stuff with his mom and, you know, all the kids, which is like all the, you know, all of Logan's relationships and everything. Like they just don't, they have this bond, but it's so loose and it's also so complicated by all these other factors, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in all these other sort of like big issues that they all have. I mean, like think about Kendall's like drug use and, you know, it's mm -hmm. like he just like has so many other issues and they all do. And it's all, you know, I think there's this like very, 
nice surface to the family and then there's all this trauma underneath it right and then it just shows itself like when they feel comfortable with their siblings and whatever and even at the end like you know just they're just fighting and you know it's like they don't they're not like actually related you know well they did a smart thing in this episode because they showed them kind of coming together briefly and anytime in the show where something good happens you know it's going to unravel soon afterwards so they have that they're kind of late at night in the kitchen of Mm -hmm. the mother's house Mm -hmm. and they're kind of coming together and even then they're jabbing but they sort of anoint kendall and they you know he's they make that disgusting kind of concoction he drinks it they dump it whatever (laughs) and then um and then it devolves the the next the next day in the meeting and you kind and but you could see a glimmer of their kind of you know as as siblings you could see how they might be if they never were corrupted by their awful parents or their pursuit of power Mm -hmm. and you could see a different life for them and then you see the way it actually is which is them fighting uh them making terrible decisions and and ending up separate from each other I mean, I, I just don't, I also wonder why, I mean, I think all that's very well said and, and correct. I wonder why they care so much about the company, right? And its legacy and whatever, and they're already rich and, you know, why can't they just, maybe they don't feel like, and Kendall kind of said, it. he's like, this is the only place I fit, right? He couldn't go out and like actually create anything or something. Well, wasn't it, I mean, big questions, right? I think he wanted to prove himself to his father. And mm-hmm. he and it was always strange that the only times his father seemed to respect him is when he did something very dangerous, like often at his father's expense, like when he kind of was going to give information to the government or do other things and um, or, you know, reverse okay. bear hunger. Yeah. Now I can't even remember all this stuff, but like that was when he kind of oddly got his father's respect. And I think he um, he there was a very brief moment that was very and telling when he kind of got behind his dad's desk in the office and you're like, whoa, yeah. um, like that's, he wanted that. He wanted that type of power that uh, in a corporate sense, Roman, I think wanted just more like approval, like his dad to like him. And he, he, he was happiest when they were together. I don't think he even needed a, a corporate power. He just wanted So when he, um, he liked being with his dad or he kept, you know, a, fetishizing the or just trying to remember those times when he and his dad were together in the backseat of the limousine or, or the car or whatever and um so they all had kind of different mm-hmm. different situations i think um shiv maybe contrasted herself with her father and viewed herself as more virtuous her politics more progressive but then still made her own compromises and ultimately made a compromise to stay with tom or in which was going to be a miserable life which is so clear and that incredibly poignant people will say they were holding hands they were not holding hands she like he put his hand out but she kind of delicately put her hand careful not to really touch it and you just the poor child they're going to have and oh my god it's and then she's going to turn into her mother i mean it's an incredible uh like it, it it's all seems inevitable it was but so sad and incorrect so i i was really um kind of surprised at how much i i I connected with it, not connected mm-hmm. where it felt with that, not connected in any sense of like, I mean, that's the other thing that's yeah, amazing yeah. about this show is that it is not just like, oh, these people live in like an English castle. It's like the craziest, most bonkers, rarefied, absurd situation. And like they're calling the private jets like you call an Uber 
Yeah, without even acting like it's even yeah, I don't know, but Ken, yeah, you Kendall still was have... like he's like new jets, new jets, new jets, like change of plans. <laughs> Those are like all the you... little moments I love in that show. Yeah. And they're pretty good about um I mean they're they're very smart about a thousand things, but I, I think the the show succeeds because ultimately you feel some connection to their emotions or you sympathize to what they're going through, even if you would never no one's father is running a you know, the waste are Royco. Go Joe. Uh, um, uh, I mean, what? So two funny moments, like yeah. related to. I mean, the funniest moment of like the show is definitely like uh, Tom putting the sticker on Greg's head, keep <laughs> claiming so him. And so then good. there was a moment in that when they went to the townhouse, the uh, Logan's house. And they were, and he was, Connor was explaining like how the selection okay, so. process was going to work. And he's like, and then there's like the B team or whatever. <laughs> and there's like the girlfriend in the other oh room. God. But then you don't like, even see them at the moment. And then he says, and then there's the backups or whatever. And then you, you realize there's like 12 more people in the adjoining room. <laughs> who were your favorite um, characters who were sort of like, who did you get excited when they were in the show, like secondary characters. Did you have favorites? I mean, obviously, I mean, Hugo is my favorite character in the whole show. <laughs> is Why is that? And Hugo had the best moment in the last show when, uh, in the last episode when, uh, or the, the, you know, one, one before this finale, uh, where Kendall was like, you know, I'm going to need you to do, yeah. you're going to need to be my dog. And woof. he's like, the, yeah. And he's like, woof, woof. <laughs> that <laughs> so was like, good. that was Hugo's best moment. I'm, I'm advocating for a Hugo spinoff. Um, but did it was it because Hugo is like first of all, his like, his head is like <laughs> his body type is just so bizarre, right? He has like a giant head and like the skinniest neck you've ever seen in your life. Well, and he's, he's like a car- cartoon character. Well, and the craziest thing, Fisher Stevens, the actor who's on all sorts of Wes Anderson movies and has had a very unusual career, is that he dated Michelle Pfeiffer, so like <laughs> the most you know all time yeah, human, yeah, and you would yeah. never. And then he also was in Short Circuit and Short Circuit. I mean, crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. Short Circuit. I've, um, yeah. To be That's in, so funny. To be, and I think something about his character, like you feel for these, like every secondary character that worked has like been debased at some point and then triumph and back and forth. And so I think you feel like you want him to have his wolf wolf moment. But then he got destroyed yesterday mm-hmm. because he said, I want to, because then Tom said, I want to see Carolina. And you're like, whoa, whoa yeah. so long. Yeah. He, they, they were all like kind of jockeying for a position, right? Not knowing how things were going to shake out. And, and I think like that was part of the deal. It's like, you had to try to pick, you know, pick your lane, see who's going to, you know, win this thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Carolina. So, I mean, Hugo's just like, just so funny. Cause he's like the ultimate, like, <laughs> He's just always trying to work it, like work everyone, you know. So I like him, and I like Frank, and uh, and and I like Carl. Frank and Carl were the best. Um, and Carl had that great moment with them um, at the like um, the up or that like big presentation they had. Yeah, where they in the hallway. Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Don't mess with me." Um, but obviously, like Greg is the funniest guy in the show, and I think Greg had the best dialogue of like, if you really like go back. Greg's like all of his stuff is just so so funny. Like the way he's always trying to like work everything like awkwardly. Well, he I think what he's so funny and everyone recognizes it that you forget how hard it is to create that type of very specific kind of gangly awkwardness and the way his like line readings are 
is really incredible. And of course, the dynamic between him and Tom, like it was perfect that they got into a weird like fight that didn't quite escalate into a proper fight in a bathroom, like a marble bathroom is like the exact way they should like, I mean, they, they kind of expressed their insecurities against one another through the entire show. Like Tom saw something in Greg that he didn't like probably because it reminded him of himself and Greg sort of like needed, they both needed each other in some way. Yeah. Well, Greg was always trying to get like clean air for himself, (laughs) you know, trying to like get away from Tom but it just like could never work. Right. You know, it just never panned out. I feel like there was something in the show throughout that it was like, how honest are you about the way you're trying to get power? And some people were very smooth about it. Some people didn't realize they were hypocritical. I think every character you could kind of so someone like Carolina was very polished. Some people were uncomfortable with it. Some people were, you know, then you have like Lucas Madsen, he's then got his own way of talking about things that's very different. But there was a, um, it, I was always fascinated by how different people um, showed their lack of principles. <laughs> you know, were they, mm-hmm. were, were, did they embrace that fact? Did they say, yeah, I just care about money or I just care about power? I don't even, I just like this feeling I get when I'm trying to do a big deal. Um, and it was, I think that was a, a dark undertone of the show that they used in a very funny way, but that also is something I'm stuck with um, coming to terms with it, how the different characters dealt with kind of their ambition. So who was your, who are your favorite characters? Well, I, I mean, I love I, Stewie. It's just like these guys, you wouldn't see them for a while. And then they'd come in with these phrases and you're like, where, like, who's writing this language? Like these guys are English who make this show, but they're writing in this like American, like finance uh, slang. I, I mean, I, I, so Stewie is very slick. I mean, Connor got funnier and funnier. I guess he's more of a major character. Obviously I love Frank because he's so implausible looking, but then, you know, <laughs> once Logan was gone, then he could kind of assert himself more because he felt that he wasn't, um, you know, that the kids didn't have as much power over him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Wom's gone and Greg, I mean, I, I honestly, think I, I wonder did they write I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast but did they wa- write the show backwards to use the phrase you can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Greg's I mean <laughs> that was last season and that's the craziest like whoever thought of that like just I want to meet you I want to talk to you <laughs> I mean tomlet Greg's it's like crazy like or did the it, if they and so much of the show felt like there were incredible dynamics between certain characters that was also really really well written. I mean, I'm in total awe of how different characters spoke that remained true to them and the Mm -hmm. dynamics between certain characters. And even when Kendall finds out he's not going to take control of the company, like, and the things he said when he lost his kind of equilibrium there, that felt like exactly right. And that actor is just great. I mean, he, that's another thing like that you take for granted just because he's kind of got that awkward way, but that awkward tension is so necessary to mm-hmm. how. Um, yeah, he, I, I've how never, I've never watched like any interviews with Jeremy Strong or anything, um, and but he seems like, and the way he dresses and all the like non-show stuff, mm-hmm. he seems like he's just like a really interesting guy. <laughs> and, and no, and and I mean, he's his his acting is. I mean, it was amazing. He's just, he's excellent just all throughout. Um, 
You, were you excited to see the Laura Piana coat make its um, <laughs> I, uh, another appearance? I felt very like they, he really looked correct to me. Like that's exactly how I think everything from like the baseball cats, caps to the overcoats to the cashmere, whatever quiet luxury. I know a terrible phrase, but like he looked, but like carefully tailored and very slim, like it, 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 that looked right to me. And often those things don't look right. Um, and, uh, and just the kind of, the I couldn't gloss. help it. I couldn't help yeah. at the end being like, he's wearing that coat and like a dress shirt, like a crisp white dress shirt. And he's like depressed, like, and he's, you know, just like out that was like battery park or whatever. So yeah. he's like out at battery park, like depressing, <laughs> so, like this Laura Piana jacket. So and, if you're, let me ask you, if you're, if you're Laura Piana and like, you're in one sense, everyone's watching the show and your jacket's in it and in another sense like this the character wearing it just got his like hopes and dreams destroyed he looks like he's thinking he's not he doesn't want to live are you like as seen last night on succession <laughs> or think, are uh, you like well you they had last week stuff? too they had last week too which was pretty good so they, i mean they i think they... since the season it was going to end badly so they should like as soon as he was wearing it once promote it and then like forget all about it after yeah. that but yeah i mean i think they're probably it was like one of the it was like the last scene in the show i think it's like all gonna be all you know everywhere that photo so that jacket is amazing i think it's like 14 grand or something for that thing <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if it's already sold out after oh yeah i'm um, sure it is uh and jerry is great i mean i, I just i'm just looking through some of the characters just the name like they're they all had their moments where they, um, you know, they obviously had to like take a lot of abuse either from the kids or from Logan, but then they, when they were on their own, they could express themselves more, which was always exciting to hear what they really thought or the language they used or how they, um, which I, I enjoyed. And I think in a way, once Logan was gone, it gave, you know, he's missed because he's such a powerful figure, but he also allows there to be this other dynamic that I think was important and gave yeah. this other momentum. I think that was a good move because it really like I agree it, it opened up the other characters in a way that felt like he was always sort of holding everything back. Right. Exactly. I didn't really like ever love his presence. I mean, I think he was funny, but um, you know, like some of his like <laughs> he just like was outraged at everything. Um yeah, but growling, I, a lot of yeah, growling. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like I, I like the energy better when he was when he like hmm. when he was gone. Um yeah, and I mean it's funny how these shows are though. Like I didn't love the election one, number eight, which was just so intense, but that was important because it showed how in, in case we were gonna pretend that none of this the their kind of cavalier attitude towards the what their corporation does to pretend it didn't matter, we could no longer pretend that or just act like it was just a bunch of, you know, entitled kids making huge mistakes that just affect you know their own company but it actually affected the country and the world and so i think a lot of the things mattered like even logan when he was tough you at least understood what he had done and his kind of imperiousness how that affected his kids mm -hmm. and so that that kind of his lion-like quality um, had those ripple effects and the show is just so good at dealing with it. I mean, I think the election episode really like that was also a pivotal moment for Kendall. And if they, you know, they were trying to take that other tact of 
getting, you know, whatever, whoever's elected to basically shut the deal down, Mm -hmm. you know, that was a play. So like, I think that had to sort of play out for us to get to this like board vote, you know, like if that had gone the way Kendall wanted it to, or like the politicians had fallen in line, then they could have like blocked the deal through regulation. And, and then it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have like ever come down to this vote, you know? So like all of this, everything was actually like, Usually that those episodes, I, I I don't I'm not a TV expert or whatever, but I think generally like a lot of those setup episodes aren't very enjoyable, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're just like getting through stuff and like set the table for things to happen later. But in this show, actually, I think those setup episodes are substantial and they have and enjoyable to watch. And then mm-hmm. then they it makes it even more rewarding when things like the dominoes fall later. Mm-hmm. And and you see like all that stuff play out, then it becomes like, oh, you know, that was like th- that happened here or whatever. It's good. Uh, that's why I think the show is like just so layered. Yeah. It's oh, no, it's going back to watch. I think part of what's um, kind of sneaky about it is just how funny it is. And you can just watch it and enjoy it if you don't really want to, like, deal with all the kind of. <laughs> parallel content that goes with it and then you watch it again and you see that like they're very smart about motivation and is, other things i think this is parallel content <laughs> this <It> is goes- <laughs> I, so then uh and then when the dragon flew around the skyscraper that was great the, the only thing i can think of like this recently was like the end of game of thrones and people were just so mad um yeah I, my, my it, wife my wife said that that ending i never I just could not follow game of thrones <laughs> to save my life so i had to stop watching it um and I've never watched White Lotus, so that's like the other thing that uh, Liz says that I'm crazy. She said, you, you know, can't believe you haven't watched it and whatever. Well, but I just never, said, I don't know, never happened. But she said the Game of Thrones ending was terrible and disappointing. I, I, I feel like the sometimes people get, have, a show gives you a lot. Um, and Game of Thrones gave a lot. And then they couldn't quite resolve it. And you can either like get mad at that. And because of that, that had a different type of fan, because there were a lot of people who read the novels and were really, you know, it's like they care about it like Star Wars or something like they're kind of a little bit obsessed. And so then they feel they have something more at stake. And when it doesn't turn out the way they want or they had to rush it, it didn't quite work out. But to me, it's like, then don't get so revved up. Like, I mean, I get revved up about a lot of stuff, but it's like Game of Thrones was incredible and did so many things that if they don't quite make the ending correct, Maybe focus on the other great things that that you had. You know, even like Mad Men, which I love towards the end, it kind of was a little more just spaced out a little bit. It wasn't quite as tight as it was early on. And, you know, you can get mad Men, at that. Mad Men ending was pretty good, though. Yeah, the ending, like, though, was great. Leading up to it, I was like, the, the, the kind of, you you knew... You know, these characters live and breathe so much and then they have so many affairs or so many this is or that's or Roger this and you kind of like, all right. And then, you know, what they did with Don at the end, I thought was was really smart. But it I just think it's nice to focus on what's good, what you love about the shows. I mean, you still analyze it, but how mad people get about Game of Thrones is just funny to me, I guess, because I didn't, you know, follow the the novels. Yeah. And, um, I you know, I think The Last of Us is going to have one of those troubled Mm. endings like it's going to be hard to to wrap that thing up because everyone's like so fixated on the game and just like the story mm-hmm. and everything and i don't know it gets like there's just some absurdity already in that show well i think what's also amazing about succession unlike and Mad Men for that matter unlike 
uh, Last of Us and Game of Thrones is that it's completely original. Mm-hmm. And Mad Men is great, but that was still a historic piece. But for being in our time, Succession is really quite quite extraordinary. I think it will, I think it will age really well. And I think the fact like four seasons of like very concise, mm-hmm. um, like it it's going to be a tidy very really nice thing to revisit it is not going to be like 120 episodes and it's going to take months and this is just like you can bang it out <laughs> yeah no it's and good I think, I think it's a it's like the right amount of right amount of story you know mm-hmm. for this i mean they could have like definitely taken this and stretched it out and gone crazy but it's good that they that they didn't and i think it's i think you're right like it's a good amount of of shows and tv so if you had stayed in corporate PR, would you have been like a, you, a, more, be, a more well-built Hugo? Would you, is that, I, would you have made your way up? <laughs> the reality is I'm just not suited for that corporate program at all. And I would just get, I would never make it. I don't know. It's just, I don't know if it's like eating all the shit that you have to eat or like just the games. I don't like the games all the like jockeying for position that everyone's doing and you know it's like all the infighting i just don't i don't like any of that stuff so i just think i never would have made it but um but the all the like i mean all the pr scenes in there i just like you know i'm like oh yeah this like makes total sense like all these people even at they're in bermuda or wherever they were um at the mom's house and they're like barbados Oh, were they in Barbados? I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't sort of figure. It I couldn't. Out. They they mentioned it in that they were. That's where they filmed it. I don't know if it was supposed to be there. Um, I knew it was like some sort of yeah. like British. Um, so it, they were like, "Oh, email." I he, I don't know who he said. Kendall said like email Carolina. She's got the draft or like mm-hmm. they had. You know, that's how sort of Shiv put it together that she was getting screwed out of the CEO mm-hmm. job. But I'm like, oh yeah, like the PR people. Like <laughs> I could just see them. Like you know. Taking her out of the press release. Oh my yeah, God. A draft yeah. of the press release. Is there anything I I must have said it a million times for in my life where I was like, I'm never gonna write another press release, which is really one of the lowest forms of <laughs> printed communication. <laughs> no one wants to write it, no one wants to receive it, and no one wants to read it. You know? Yeah. And yet somehow it like it it persists. Like I, I got one the other day in my an email. And it was just an, it wasn't announcing. It was just that a tailor made shirts, but not, they started making shirts. It just said they made shirts. I was like, this is incredible. But like in the form of a press release, it was absolutely like, what are we doing here? I think the press release is one of the most misunderstood things like of all time. Um, The reason to do it and not do it. um, I, I, you know, it's definitely out outlived its sort of necessity but it's the only reason that I think they should exist is if there's actual details about something that's happening and you can mm-hmm. put them all into this document and it's like a reference document, basically. Like that's the only point of it, you know, but like to do it 99% of the time, like they just are not necessary. It's crazy. Very excited for my new book, an oral history of the press release. And wait for your press release. I think you have, I think your book is at press releases. I mean, the book people do it all. They, they have their own format too. I I just do. saw um this is related, like the um the catalog copy for my next book, which is written by by them. And it's so you you know, you, you write a book, whatever it is, but then you see like their version of how they're trying to sell it. And it's so funny. It's like very similar to the press release, you know, you know, 
in you know overly enthusiastic definitely unverifiable claims about <laughs> the optimist in my next book and you're like oh my god and you're just like i'm not even gonna i mean thankfully catalog copy just goes to bookstores it's not outward facing but yeah um, i think we we have a rule where we we try not to ever we don't ever let anyone see that sort of stuff like don't <laughs> show the pitch <laughs> like you yeah. don't want to see it trust yeah, me yeah exactly i love that um i saw that um daryl hartman's got a book coming out and dude and i'm reading so, it right now oh you are it looks good yeah so good i went to the amazon page and it said number one in arctic history i'm like there's so many categories exactly wait it's so funny you say that i literally was just there. I'm writing about it. What's I'm, the name? I, What's the name? We should plug it's it. Called, here. Um, I've got it right here. Uh, it's called Battle, and I, I wanted to mention it, but I'd already forgotten to mention it today. Battle of Ink and Ice. It's a uh, subtitle: A Sensational Story of New ba News Barons, North Pole Explorers, and the Making of Modern Media. It's. Um, it comes out next to a week from Tuesday, June sixth. And so it's about kind of all the in kind of in the 1900 early 1900s when newspapers were really popular in New York and really becoming a major part of life here um and were very interested in arctic exploration and so it's two people who kind of racing to the north pole and then but then cutting back to New York and how they were covered and often the newspapers would pay the explorers or invest in them because they wanted to tell the stories that were very of great interest to readers and it's absolutely smashing uh, it's hmm. so good and daryl did such a great job i'm so happy for him and it like i i mean i read 200 pages in a day like i couldn't put the this wow thing down. awesome it, it's great i i think I, i'm writing a like a summer book thing i'm putting it on there i'm going to promote it on instagram so people if you don't have to take note now but anyone who's listening to this we I could put it, like in, it we could link it in the show notes too. Yeah. And we'll we'll um, link it. Our, ex our extensive show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can get it. It's yeah. it's available for pre-order yeah. now. So yeah, number one um, in Arctic. I mean, yeah, I gotta see what else is on the Arctic list. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Uh so who's a better fisherman? You or Har uh Daryl? Uh, we wanna we're gonna compare book volume sales <laughs> and uh I think Daryl is excellent. Uh, uh very, very good. Um, and, uh, I, I would be very happy to cast as well as Daryl. So I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. He also smokes a pipe while he fishes, which I am not quite at that level. So, uh, the last <laughs> affectation Amazing. and he looks great doing it. So, um, I'm hoping to see him, hope, um, see him for about his book and also maybe go fishing with him. Um, nice in the next little while. So yeah, good for Daryl. That's what you need in your life. Coggins more fishing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, well, this was fun to talk about this. Uh, we're going to put it right up. So people, if you've um, seen the show, have a little more uh, current yeah. media content. And then we can go back to our own uh, more parochial concerns about Japanese tote bags and <laughs> <laughs> luggage, travel, business class travel. Exactly. You know, we only have five I've, topics, basically. <laughs> I've got I've got a lot of. Um, new thoughts on a few of those things. So, um, uh, well, thanks for talking to me on Memorial day, Michael, and, um, we'll be, we'll be pretty coming back most or Monday or Tuesday, <laughs> most weeks for the summer. I'm going to be very available. So I like it. To it. Thank right. you. Take All care, right. Michael. Bye now.